Benny. Tyler. Hello. Hello. Remember when uh, Warner Brothers moved all their stuff to HBO Max? I do recall. Apparently they're uh, working out new deals um, for people that were going to get a cut of the box office. Good for them. I mean, I I feel like this was naturally the next move, given how many people were um, not overly keen on this digital move. Yeah. So, I I think this was naturally going to happen anyway. So it's uh, there's really not like a whole lot to it, other than it seems like they're also getting still some box office cut, and then there's like like they're adding thresholds that will give like part of the streaming stuff based on how well it did in the theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean this, I think this had to happen. Yeah, because I. But there was some legality stuff where it was like, hey, you can't just rescind these contracts. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still just genuinely interested to see how this all pans out in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, like whether they actually stick with dumping a bunch of stuff on HBO Max or if they're mm-hmm. just like, hey, this is temporary till theaters come back up. Yeah. Maybe. So, eaters ever do come back up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, there's really not like much more to this. I'm curious if this. I I don't think it will, but I'm curious if this changes like some of the creative people's minds about this move. But I don't mm-hmm. think it does. <laughs> no, I don't think it does either. But yeah. Mm-hmm. In other news here, mm-hmm. Deadpool 3 is officially a go. Yeah. Which yeah, is, is super, super exciting because I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, <clears throat> were very, very worried once uh, the acquisition and stuff finally like went through and everything started going back to Disney after they scooped up Fox and all of their kind of stuff. Because, I mean, Disney being Disney it was like, well, shit. Are we getting another Deadpool movie? Like, it's R-rated. Yeah. And I don't think a Deadpool movie with, like, a PG rating on it would have done well at all. No. So this is, like, a huge sigh of relief, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of deal, but I was reading before that uh, Ryan Reynolds signed a big fucking deal with Marvel. Yeah, I think... Well, that would make sense, because then they can get him in, like, crossover movies, right? Hmm. You know? right like he could show up in an avengers movie or whatever right you know which i would love i would love to start seeing some deadpool crossover and i can't wait for marvel to start releasing like their new version of x-men yeah with deadpool showing up in that yeah yeah this is it's cool that they were like gonna continue with what these movies were right because that was the fear is like okay it's going to house a mouse all of a sudden it's totally not what made those movies good right you yeah. know so it's it's nice to hear that they're they realize that you know so on the other thing that i'm super excited for is like throughout the previous two deadpool movies you did see some x-men characters but you saw like you know lower bottom tier ones that you didn't really know because fox wouldn't allow the big time 
actors and like characters to be in Deadpool because they wanted them for their own films. But with it all under the house of mouse now, yeah, like maybe in the next Deadpool, we'll actually see some like legit fucking X-Men coming in, right? Some real comic book characters because you know how yeah, Disney Marvel is all about that massive like all in one universe, right? Uh, yeah. And I'd be curious too because I wonder if the next Deadpool would be the first... I guess X Men movie that they put out since they've got got all the X Men, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, do they kind of use it as like a soft launch for like new X Men and like introduce a bunch of maybe main X Men in it or something? Like being yeah. that it's the it, and maybe it's not going to end up being the first one out. Maybe they'll push something else out. But you know, if that's the case, that's. That also seems like a weird way to launch the X-Men, right? Yeah, it does. So. Yeah. But nonetheless, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like, Deadpool aside, like, I'm really happy about this news and stuff. But with yeah. this, with, like, Deadpool being, I mean, essentially, he's, like, really the first of the, uh, the Marvel Fox group to be doing a film under, under, like, straight Marvel Disney now. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited to see Disney Marvel's like version of X-Men. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed the first couple of X-Men and then like a lot of them was kind of like, meh, days of future past and stuff. Meh. Like they were all right, but like they weren't nearly as good as when the first ones came out. And the first ones were prop in my mind, probably only really that good because like that was the first time you really got to see all that. Yeah. But like, obviously Marvel has a very unique, shooting style and like a very different tone to their films than like fox has done with theirs yeah this just makes me even more amped for like the future x-men movie that will be coming under the fucking disney banner yeah yeah i really want to see where they go with it and how they do it yeah me too because and like i actually quite liked a lot of the new x-men ones some of them some of them were not not all that good but but yeah I'm, i'm curious what they do and I'm mm-hmm. curious if they integrate it into, like, I guess the, call it the Marvel Avengers thing, or if they kind of, like, do the Marvel Avengers kind of series of stuff, and then they do, like, the X-Men series of stuff, or are they just going to, like, bring it all together, right? Yeah. Like, I'm curious if they, if there's going to be, like, an X-Men universe and, like, an Avengers universe, and then maybe they culminate into something down the road, or mm-hmm. if it's just all one thing. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with all those licenses. Yes, me too. And I'm glad that they realized that Deadpool is what Deadpool is, and that they're not going to change it. So yeah, that's definitely a sigh of relief. Yeah, like so happy we're we're getting the Deadpool that we've come to know and love, especially like how long. And how hard Reynolds and the rest of those guys worked to get an actual Deadpool movie made. Yeah. And I wonder, too, because, like, they're going to keep it R-rated. I wonder if they're going to do anything else R-rated. That's a good good question. Because if they're willing to do this, like, I wonder if that opens up the door for someone to come in and be like, yo, I want to do an R-rated one on this side you know superhero 
and they go, okay, that's not a main guy that we want, you know, have plans for. So yeah, go for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if maybe you now get, I don't know, like a Punisher movie or something like that, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is cool. And then we got more people uh, joining that Dexter revival. Yes. Which I only recognize one of these people. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I didn't recognize most of the names either, but. Um, and like the main reason I put this in is because it gives like some descriptions on kind of like what they're going to be playing. Like one of them is kind of like a teenager. One is like a police sergeant, and then another one is someone that, like a teen that has a meaningful encounter with Dexter. So I'm, I'm just like it. Honestly, it doesn't even matter what they release at this point. I'm just all in and excited for a better ending to Dexter than the one I was originally given. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's uh, it, the main thing is fix that horseshit ending. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's really not much more to this one other than it seems like this is kind of coming along fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully that means we get it fairly soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. But, yeah. It also looks like Brandon Fraser is uh, finally coming back into the limelight after a long time. Yeah. In a Darren Aronofsky film. Yeah. A whale. Yeah, which... I mean, the tagline for this is tells the story of a reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Which... That's... That's quite the... That's quite the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, on one hand, I'm happy to see Brandon Fraser come back because it, it feels like he was gone for a long time, right? Like, he was kind of, yeah. like, blacklisted from Hollywood there. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head Darren Aronofsky's previous work, but I know the name, and I know he was, like, kind of a big deal. Yeah, I'll just pull up his IMDb. So he's done... He's done some like weird shit. Like he did Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, so he's made some pretty like critically acclaimed films. Yeah, so like, I wonder if this will end up being a case of like when you saw, uh, like McConaughey come back in like a big way, and like uh, Michael Keaton when they came back, where like they did kind of like like they come back and like win an Oscar. At the same mm-hmm. time, like, I wonder if that ends up being the case with this. Because, I mean, it's got all the makings for it. Yeah. But, I, I just, I like Brendan Fraser. I'm happy he's coming back. Me too. I can't say that this, uh, the synopsis of this film is like, oh god, he's back, and this sounds amazing, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. But, I mean, definitely good for him for coming back. Hopefully, hopefully this this turns out to be like another like critically acclaimed film and this brings him like back into the limelight and he can start doing more more roles of such. Yeah. 
my hope would have been that this uh, headline was Brandon Fraser comes back as the Mummy reboot. That would have got me real excited. Yeah, that would have been pretty sweet, eh? Because I shamelessly love those first two ones. Yeah, you're not the only one. So. Yeah. Then that Morbius movie is delayed. Yeah, that bums me out. I actually, I've been like, since I saw the first trailer, I was like, yeah, I'm into this. This is interesting. I do want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah, it looked, it looked interesting. And I'm curious what the, if they're going to tie that into like the Venom stuff. Yeah. Spider-Man stuff, or if they're just doing it as a standalone. So my understanding, and I can't remember where I read it, it was some sort of like, I don't know, gossip thread, probably deep in the underbelly of Reddit, where people were talking about, this is like, it's standalone, but the plan is to like, do this one, do the next Spider-Man, and do the next Carnage, and then a film was going to come after that that brought Venom, Carnage, Morbius, and Spider-Man all together. Okay. I like there's I haven't been able to find any concrete claims or any proof of of these allegations, but uh if that's true, that would be pretty slick. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Cuz like throughout like time throughout time in the comic book series and stuff like Venom and Spider-Man I guess are kind of like enemies but kind of not, right? Cuz Venom's kind of the anti-hero. Yeah. It's not that he's like gunning for spider-man they're just like on polar opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of you know their values and stuff but yeah yeah like i think they've fought each other and teamed up at some points so yeah and the rumor was that this all these movies were going to come out and then there's going to be a movie where that's what happens where venom and spider-man have to team up to defeat morbius Uh, okay that'd be all right uh, I mean, I'm curious. I mean, it does have potential, but Morbius is supposed to be dark, and I don't remember what the rating is supposed to be for Morbius, but I don't think it's a PG, you know, like Spider-Man movie. So if they were to go down that road where it's, where it's Venom and Spider-Man team up to defeat Morbius, I'd be more co- more so concerned with, I mean, it's Spider-Man, so they want the Spider-Man fans and the Spider-Man fans' money. So they got to yeah. keep that rating low. And like even Venom, if I recall correctly, had like a an R or a 14A. Like it was, it wasn't a PG movie, right? So no. if you take two of these more adult rated movies and then throw Spider-Man into the mix, do you keep that higher rating because yeah. of Morbius and because of Venom? Or do you bump it all down so that kids can see it, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to see if they released if it's been rated yet or not. PG-13 maybe? Maybe. I guess the rate well, and the rating systems are like different up here as they are down down south, right? Yeah. Like something that is like rated R. I've seen rated R in the states but rated like 14A in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think Venom was PG-13. Was it? Uh, let's just see. 
what IMDb says. Fourteen A. Mm-hmm. So I think that's PG thirteen where we are. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, so yeah, I, I bet it has the same rating as that. Yeah, probably realistically. So, which eh, I liked Venom enough. So, yeah, it was a good first attempt. Yeah, I, I got no complaints. There were little parts I thought were a little hokey, but I mean, yeah. on the whole, I quite enjoyed it, and I enjoyed Tom Hardy as Brock. So. Yeah, it was way better than I thought it would be. Like, yeah. I went in with, like, no expectations, going like, oh, this is probably going to be shit. And then I came out and was like, that was all right. Like, that was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then it looks like we're getting another delay for The Many Saints in Newark. <laughs> yeah, so that's Brandon's prequel. Which I'm still on the fence about how I feel about it. Yeah, me too. Because... Like, I love The Sopranos, but it's like, I don't know that I need a prequel. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily would need a prequel either. But especially, like, a movie prequel. Like, it'd be different if they were like, okay, we're going to do, like, a prequel show or something. Like, that I might be able to get behind. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It, but it also could be really good, too, if they did it right. But yeah. Because I think it tells the story of Tony's dad. I, be- I believe that's what it was. Yeah. So, which is like there's potential there because I think that's that's kind of like the heyday of the gangsters, right? Whereas like yeah. the Sopranos is kind of like the aging out of gangsters. Mm-hmm. So like I think there could be a lot of stuff you could do there. You know, like gang wars type thing. Right? Yeah. You know, kind of how they established their little territory, right? You know, there's potential there. But, I mean, when I think of that, I think there's potential there to, for a series, not just like a two-hour movie, right? Yeah. Like, that's a lot to shove into that. Yeah, absolutely. I have my reservations. But, again, I'll reserve judgment until I start seeing some some, some trailers and, yeah, all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, pretty it- much. What I would really like to know, like just at the end of this article, they kind of have a list of uh, domestic film release delays with no new release dates. And having just watched it like a few weeks ago, I want to know when the fuck Escape Room 2 is coming out. Well, yeah, because I think when we were talking, you were wondering if they were going to actually do another one. Yeah, and it looks like it was originally slated for Escape Room 2 to come out on January 1st of 2021. Which has obviously come and gone at this point. Yeah. So where's my sequel? I need to know what happens. Fair enough. Yeah, still gotta watch that first one. It was a dumb fun ride. Yeah, that's why I want to watch it. Hmm. Well, good news you're getting another one. Yeah, at least that's happening. Yeah. And then we got uh, Andy Samberg. Starring in an Apple sci-fi comedy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna be all all in for this. Like pretty much everything that Andy Samberg has done, I've been a fan of. Yeah, I, pretty- I, was, I was never a big fan of Saturday Night Live. I never really like watched that show. But as far as like the stuff he's done after being on there, like I thought Palm Springs was 
fantastic. Yeah. And his pop star never stop, never stopping or whatever was in my opinion, one of the funniest films that year. Yeah. It, it was, was a real treat. Yeah. And then not to mention all their like little lonely Island half hour short movies that they do. Right. L- like the tennis one was, Oh, I cried. It was so funny. Yeah. So big thumbs up. Can't wait for this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Ben Stiller's producing it and some other, I don't know who Noah is that. I don't know that person. But, yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, like I'm down for this. Like it doesn't look like they um have a plot for it yet. Yeah. Yeah, this is I don't all... even need I don't even need a plot. Andy no. Sandberg in a sci-fi comedy. Yep, I'm in. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. Like I don't think it if you're down for his style of comedy, which we both are, then like it's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll check that out. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Ben Affleck is going to direct Disney's Keeper of the Lost Cities. Yeah. Did you ever watch Keepers of the Lost Cities? No. Or read it? No. Like, I feel like this was an old Disney film that they're remaking. Oh, no, it's a book series. I stand corrected. Yeah, and it seems like it's a YA book series. Which, like... That's a weird one for him to sign on. Mm-hmm. Like that's n- if if it is like because I think the tagline is like centers around like a twelve year old telepathic girl. So like that tells me it's a YA novel, which is like, is that what he wants to be doing? I mean, it must be if he signed on. Yeah, and like but I it, was. Oh, go ahead. It definitely does seem like a big departure when you like look at the stuff that he's directed before, right? Like the way back and gone, baby gone and the town Argo live by night. Like those are all like very serious, very, for the most part, dramatic films. Yeah. So it definitely seems like a pretty big departure from what he's used to doing. Yeah. And it's funny too, cause I was reading, it was like an interview with him the other day, the other, other day or something like that. And he said in it that like going forward, like he's only going to do like, projects that he's like super passionate about so like then i read this and i'm like huh like it's just yeah it's a departure because like he's never done one like this right well and maybe like maybe it's something that has to do with his kids right like maybe it was never something that he came across and like you know being a father and maybe his kids started reading and he you know little father child book reading time and became passionate about it because it Reminds him of time with his children, and then he just kind of went from there. That'd be my best guess as to why. Because, yeah. like, I, I would find it hard to believe that, like, randomly someone's like, oh, hey, Ben, read this children's book. You want to direct a, a film version of it? Yeah. I, I feel like there has to be some kind of personal significance there that would get him interested. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't mind, like, the YA genre, like... I think, like, the Hunger Games, right? Like, there's some good stuff to be had, right? You know? So, him getting behind one, like, that could be alright. But, yeah, it's just, it's not what I thought he would do next. No, it definitely is not what I expected either, but. But, hey, 
You do you, Ben. Yeah. I I will now check this out. <laughs> Whereas before I might have been like, eh. But now I'm like, eh, I'll watch this. Yeah, I'll give it a glimpse. So, yeah. <laughs> and then that uh, Gotham PD prequel show for HBO Max has uh, got a new showrunner. It's the uh, one that hit before Terrence Winter, who was a writer on The Sopranos and creator of Boardwalk Empire, apparently left, citing maybe creative differences. That's a little disappointing, because, I mean, I want this... Uh this spinoff to be dark and gritty and like very well written. I want it to be suspenseful and, you know, intense moments. And by all accounts, I mean, like having watched the Sopranos and I've seen a few episodes of Boardwalk Empire, it's that real gritty drama. Yeah. So that would have been really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I don't know how I feel about Joe Barton. Yeah. And like, I'm curious cause it seems like Matt Reeves kind of, it seems like what this article says is kind of like spearheading the vision of it. And apparently his and Terrence Winters kind of ideas didn't line up, which makes me curious, you know, watching that trailer that seems to be that dark and gritty. Like what, what about the Sopranos version? You know, did he not like, yeah. Where did it go wrong? Yeah. Like, cause it seems like, like when you pitch, you know, the boardwalk empire and Sopranos guy, or the Gotham PD show that's about kind of like the mob and the corruption of the police department. Like it seems like a match made in heaven. Yeah. So like, what is the, like, what's the disagreement, right? Like that just to me, it seems like there shouldn't be. No, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see when it comes out, but yeah, that's the, that's the worst part about all this news is it's just like, Oh, this sounds interesting, and this could have potential, and this sounds like it might be okay, and this sounds awful. But a lot of the time, it's like we don't have any that we don't have shots yet, we don't yeah. have trailers, we don't have synopsis. So it's yeah. just it's all speculation, and that's the worst part because I like, know I don't know how I feel about this, and I wish I could form some kind of opinion, but I yeah. just I've got nothing else to go on. Yeah, and I guess that is the nice part too, being that like it seems like maybe nothing has been shot yet or anything like that, like. It's not like this change is happening like partway through production where it's like, okay, because then you'll end up with like a Justice League thing, right? Where it's like two different visions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so at least this is early enough that that hopefully won't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just like this, uh, this new television series about the Risk board game. Yeah. Like what in the, like First and foremost, why? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's was my I mean, question when I saw this headline was like fucking why? I happen to like the game of risk and I played it many times as a child, like going into the marathon sessions where you'd have a game of risk that would last like eight or nine hours and you'd have to pause and come back to it. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And maybe I'm just not a creative person mentally, but in my head I'm trying to picture how you make this a not even a movie a tv series yeah and i'm just i'm coming up completely blank so my first question would be why yeah. and then my second question naturally is going to be how yeah how is this going to work as a tv series yeah 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the one thing is like, I got the guy who did House of Cards, which I actually think the first few seasons of that show were really good. So that's something that got some talent behind it. But yeah, I. But still, I mean, I, it, honestly, like, in it, there's a lot more involved in the game of Risk. But at the same time, like, I mean, it's like, okay, well, this is pretty much akin as if someone was like, I want to make a, I want to make snakes and ladders of, of, of TV series. Yeah. I, or yeah, just, I don't not following. Yeah. Not I, following. Yeah. I don't know. Apparently the guy, uh, that was cards guy. Apparently he's a big fan and he had, he has some ideas for it. So, well, hopefully they're good. Because, yeah. I mean, when you're coming off of House of Cards fame, which was, like, incredibly critically acclaimed, yeah. it'd be a phenomenal show, and then you slide right into a board game-based television series based on Risk, Yeah, that's a pretty big gamble for a guy with the amount of clout that he probably has. Yeah, like, he probably could have gotten, you know, some pretty decent deals, you know, at some other places, you know, so why did he pick this? Yeah, like at least with Dungeons and Dragons, I can kind of pseudo in my head figure yeah. out how that would work as a as a television series, right? Yeah. Like where you have a bunch of nerds and somehow they end up like actually playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And like all the different quests and stories and plots that go with that. But I just I don't see how Risk works. Yeah. Again, unless they were to take like a D&D or like a Jumanji type approach where a bunch of kids sit down to play the game and all of a sudden they're actually in the game. Yeah. And it, yeah. like it centers around kids who all of a sudden find themselves leading armies against their friends. Yeah, because I think that's the the two ways you do, I guess, like these board game adaptions is you go the Jumanji route where kids get sucked in, or you take like a Dungeons and Dragons story and try to make it a fantasy epic, right? You know, and cut the game out completely. I guess, you know, so. Yeah, I'm just, and there's no, there's no other details other than this is happening. So, I mean, I'm genuinely curious to like get a legit understanding of how he plans on attacking this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Cause I think that'll determine whether I give any sort of, you know, shit about it is like, what, what's the, what's the plot? What's the pitch? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. Now Hollywood running out of ideas again. Yeah, it seems like they've been running out of ideas for a long time, though. Uh, yeah. And then the good ideas that are unique and original and creative, Hollywood's like, well, we don't know if we can make money on that, so we're not going to. Yeah, pretty but much. Amazon seems to be killing it again. Looks like they're circling Chris Pratt's new movie, Tomorrow War. Yeah. $200 million is yeah. what they're looking for to purchase this. Yeah. Which... That's that's a lot. That's a big chunk for an Amazon movie. Yeah, and yeah. But you know what though? Like it's a big chunk, but I mean when you look at some of the slate that Netflix has, like they've paid hundreds of millions for movies as well. <laughs> and Netflix, like, they don't have near the money that Amazon as a company does. No. So like if someone wants to like you know, if a streaming service wants to start launching these massive big titles on their platform, like yeah. Amazon is perfectly positioned to dominate everybody else if they wanted to, because yeah. they have absolutely 
no shortage of fucking income. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, like, yeah, it's a lot. But if you think of what it is, it's a Chris Pratt sci-fi and a tentpole blockbuster, right? Like mm-hmm. people are going to watch that. You yeah, know? So without a doubt. So I think it's it's an easy bet there, right? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird too because Amazon strategy seeming seemingly is to buy movies that are kind of already being done versus like make their like they make their own, but like it seems like they're buying a lot more movies that are done, right? Yeah. I mean, this sounds cool. I didn't know about this movie. No, me neither. And the tagline is kind of like a alien invasion type thing. And then I guess they scientists develop a way to draft soldiers from the past. So that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll check be, that out. It'll be interesting. And I like Chris Pratt. So. Yeah. The hell? Why not? And then, speaking of Netflix movies, they announced that for 2021, there will be a new movie every week. Yeah, this actually kind of has me excited. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like just awful, terrible movies. Like, oh, I yeah. don't, I don't know if you browse the Netflix at all during Christmas, but like the amount oh, of yeah of like. What's that fucking channel? Hallmark. The amount yeah. of like Hallmark ass Christmas romantic comedies that all of a sudden started like populating Netflix. I was like, oh god. Yeah, there was uh, there was some trash, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, just going through the list of some of these, like Red Notice with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Yeah, a, a western with Regina King and Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah. The Woman in the Window, Zack Snyder's getting Army of the Dead is coming to Netflix. Yeah. And then, of course, that Don't Look Up with Aniston, DiCaprio, Ariana Grande, Timothy Chalamet, Kid Cudi, and Meryl Streep. Like, oh, yeah. Some of these movies, I'm just like, I don't know what pretty much any of these are about, but just looking at the casting list for some of these films, I'm like, yes, I am 100% in on some of these flicks. Yeah, it seems like they got some there's some potential to have some really good stuff. Yeah. Now I just can't wait for Netflix to send out the email saying that everyone's fucking subscription service is going up another $10 to cover all this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, do you, like, I don't know if how long you've had Netflix, but like, I remember signing up for Netflix back in the day and it was four ninety nine a month. Yeah. And yep. the last time I checked, I'm up to, it's up to twenty four ninety nine to get like access to the 4k stuff. Yeah, I think that's what I have too. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I I'm curious how many more price hikes people are willing to pay for. Well, we're we're I think we're getting close to the threshold like uh I was going to add it to the news and I forgot it, but I I might as well just bring it up now and like parlay into this. But like I don't know, it's the office is still on Netflix Canada, but it was pulled from Netflix US. Oh, okay. So that Peacock could stream it exclusively on their platform. Right. So if you sign up for Peacock, their free tier, you can watch the first two seasons of The Office, but that's it, with advertisements and commercials for 
from what I've been hearing, it's about four or five ads per episode. Okay. If you pay five bucks a month, you get access to the remainder of the seasons of The Office. Okay. But again, all of them play somewhere in the tune of five plus adverts throughout each episode. No. And if you want to shell out, I think it's like 10 or $11 a month, then you get all, all the episodes of The Office without any adverts. Nah. And apparently some people are so mad at the idea of paying, you know, like with no adverts to just watch The Office. Yeah. For a lot of people, myself included, it's such a great background show. Like I have it on all the time. Yeah. That uh, it's caused a massive influx, like an increase of like 40 or 50 percent influx in people purchasing the office on DVD box set. Oh, I could see that where they're just like, fuck it, I'll buy my own copy. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, well, I can pay Peacock, you know, $120 a year in order to watch The Office with no ads, or I can go on Amazon and pay $50, buy the entire DVD box set, and never pay Peacock another cent. Yeah. And I guess that's that's what's happening. There's like a whole outcry and a bunch of fans that have just been scooping up The Office on DVD so they don't have to keep shelling out that kind of money to Peacock, with the biggest gripe being like, it's not that they're opposed to having to pay to stream anytime, anywhere without commercials. Yeah. It's the fact that they don't want to pay that kind of money to Peacock because aside from the office, there's nothing on their streaming service that they give a fuck about. Yeah. So it's like you're just paying for the office. So, yeah, because people are like, well, you, you know, you pay $20 a month for Netflix and that's where it was before. This is even cheaper. And it's like, well, yes, but I use Netflix every day and it has a vast library and a whole bunch of originals. Peacock has the office and that's it. That's all I want off Peacock is the office. And that's not worth that price. Yep. Pretty much. Which, I mean, I totally get it. Oh, yeah. I can't say that I'm overly surprised. No, me neither. So, yeah. But, I'm, <laughs> this is cool for Netflix that they're, and I think we've talked about this before, how like, it seemed like they were transitioning into kind of doing a lot more movies. And mm-hmm. then they dumped this and was like, hey, BT dubs. You're getting one a week, and it was kind of like, okay, so apparently they are investing in that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It looks like Ray Fisher is still hard battling Warner Brothers. Yeah. So it is officially official. I think we talked about it the other week where there was reports that he would not be in the Flash movie, but he went out on Twitter and said he has not resigned his role and nothing's official and now he's officially going yep i'm not coming back yeah so yeah this seems like it got real messy maybe still is but at least we like officially know now yeah that was the like fucked up part about talking about it is like it's just a bunch of people and it's like like what the fuck is actually going on right yeah and the interesting thing is, too, is like people like Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa came out when he was first lodging his complaints. Yeah. That they supported him. But now yeah. it seems like, you know, all the other big cast from Justice League have kind of gone radio silent. Yeah. And I'm more so curious. Like, I wasn't there, so I can't say, like, Ray Fisher is completely in the right here or if he's embellishing or, if you know, like, I, I don't know because I wasn't there. I didn't witness anything. I don't know how this investigation goes. Yeah. I just know it's been like a messy online Twitter battle. So my head immediately goes like, 
he's been incredibly vocal. And I mean, I'm always in support of those who want to speak up and stand up against like unfair treatment and bullying, essentially. Yeah. But given Hollywood's record, like, I'm curious as to how this is going to affect him going forward. Yeah. That's what I really want to know. Yeah. Like, does this kind of just burn his career? Mm hmm. You know, you know, and if that's the case, you know, that that sucks if, you know, you got treated like shit. Right. And then yeah. he tries to stand up for it. And but I mean, that's that's also what happened with Brandon Frazier. Right. Yeah. You know, to a degree, like if you read the article that explains why he hasn't been doing movies is like it was a similar thing where like someone kind of treated him like shit and he kind of said some stuff and then got blacklisted. Right. You know, so it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's all unfortunate. Yeah. The interesting part is, I mean, out of this was, it seemed like everyone was kind of reporting that he would have had a cameo, and apparently it was much bigger than that, so Hmm. I'm kind of curious how much bigger it was, Yeah, right, and how that affects the movie, Yeah, right? Like, do they got to rewrite a bunch of parts, you know, because he's not in it now? Or was he just kind of like a, a side character that they can easily write out? I'm curious. Yeah, me too. There's a lot about this film I'm curious about. I just want it to come out because I'm, I'm dying to see how they put this multiverse together. Yeah, me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ethan Hawke here is uh, apparently going to be the bad guy in that Moon Knight series. Which I'm excited for, because I love Oscar Isaac, and I think Ethan Hawke is highly underrated yeah. as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, I like Ethan Hawke, too. So, this is... I'm all for this. I... yeah. I mean, not a whole lot to go on yet, because, I mean, they haven't even started pre-production, it looks like, but... Yeah, and they didn't announce like what the villain is going to be mm-hmm. but yeah i i'm all right with this i think ethan hawk is great mm-hmm. i'm trying to think yeah he's good yeah i'm excited for it yep this is real cool that uh i think that's going to be a, a a cool series mm-hmm. and i'm excited i mean oscar isaac you know it had me when they casted him. I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, I was pretty much sold at that point as well. Right. Um, and now just adding Ethan Hawke is like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it looks like that's about all the news for the last week here. Yeah. And I watched a few things. Yeah, I honestly did not get a whole lot of TV time in at all this past week. Fair enough. Uh, I watched all of the Queen's Gambit. And how is it? Like, I've heard a lot of people praise it as amazing. I've heard some people say that it was just dry and boring. And I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, but maybe that's because I kind of like that kind of British, like slow burn TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, it's not that, but it, it's, it's kind of a, like, it's, it's a limited series about chess, right? You know, so it's like, how do you make that riveting and exciting, right? You know, and they definitely do. Um, 
And yeah, I really liked it because they they kind of make it about the character, right? Well, you know, that's where some of the conflicts come from. So, well, it must be doing wonders because I'm I am hearing like from where it matters a lot of praise, especially for Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, and how and like her incredible acting ability in that series. Yeah, she oh. knocks it right out of the park. But more interesting. I found out that uh, once that show came out on Netflix there, that the sale of chess sets went up like 200%. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I downloaded a chess game on my phone <laughs> after I watched it. So, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she knocks it right out of the park. Like, she, she's phenomenal in it. Like, especially being that, you know, I saw her in, was it Split? the Shyamalan movies yeah and I was like okay like she's you're you're a good good actress or whatever and then you know watch this and it was like okay you're you got a bright future you know yeah well I also watched her in Split and also kind of thought the same thing but then I watched her in New Mutants and I don't think it had any bearing on her but I was like it's just the movie was kind of shit yeah yeah, yeah, that's putting nicely, yeah. Yeah. So uh but yeah, no, it's uh it was really good. For like a limited series, like I don't think they're they kinda ended where I don't know that they would do another one. As far as I know, as far as I'm aware, it's just a one off limited series. Yeah, and I wouldn't want them to do another one. But yeah, it was super good. Um I definitely recommend at least checking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you'll kind of know probably within the first few episodes, if it's for you or not. Cause Fair. I think it's, that's where you're going to kind of be able to buy into, okay, am I going to be able to get into this limited series about chess? You know, when the, and this person playing it, right. You know, cause that's not going to be for everyone. Right. Yeah. But if that it's your kind of points, it's a phenomenal show like kind of slow burn drama you know that explores this character right um so if that hits with you then i think it's a great series but i mean if that doesn't hit with you then it's not going to be your cup of tea that's fair but if you're into that kind of slow burning drama it's super good and it's really well shot too so yeah all right it's it's something that like I've I've wanted to check out, but the, my list is so long right now, and my time is so limited. I just I haven't had an opportunity. Yeah, and see, this was a case of like, I'm I'm getting to the point where like I need to find a few more shows to like pick up and check out. Mm-hmm. And I heard everyone talking about this, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll I'll check this out. And like, I think I binged it over like three days. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. If you're looking for something new to check out, you should check out Power. Yeah. I might just do that. Yeah. And then I've also been uh, keeping up with the stand. And uh, I don't have much to say about it because I've been, like, it's been the weekly episodes. But mm-hmm. I will say it's starting to like really ramp up and like kind of get to like the kind of middle point where 
the two groups are maybe going to clash, right? Like you're starting to see all of like more than just like here are the characters' backstories and how they got here. Like they kind yeah. they're kind of out of that period, <clears throat> and they're getting into like okay, here's like the here's kind of like I guess the second act of the book, right? You know, mm-hmm. so it's so that's really all I have to say about it is like. I think if you're watching that show and like the first few episodes aren't doing it for you, I would say maybe try to stick it out. You know, if people are like, eh, I don't know, like give it a few more. Cause then it like kind of starts to find its groove, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still really enjoy it. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty solid. All right then. That one's high on my list. That one in Yellowstone are on my next up. Oh yeah, I've heard good things about Yellowstone too. So have I, and all the guys at work have been raving about it, so. Oh yeah. And I that's... feel like I'm going to have to tackle that one first just so that everyone on the crew doesn't start talking about it and spoiler it all for me. And that's, um, oh, who's in, what can I think of his name? Uh. Timothy oh, Oliphant? This... Oh, Kevin Costner. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah, that's it. I I love Kevin Costner, so hmm. maybe I'll check that out too. But yeah, that's all I watched that week. So. Yeah, and I watched nothing that week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Some weeks are like that, but yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Yeah. And uh, catch you on the next one. Later.